0: Welcome to the BAMCAM with Jack Burnett and Allison Castellano from RFG Advisory. In this podcast, we explore how life and financial well-being are intertwined. We'll look into areas concerning motivation and attitude, financial planning, investing, and much more. Our goal is to empower you with the information and resources you need to help manage your money and strive towards the life you've always wanted. So sit back, relax, and join us on this journey of uncovering your true self and achieving financial independence. Hello, and welcome to the Bam Cam Podcast with your hosts, Jack Burnett and Alison Castellano. I'm Wendy McConnell. Now, we're gonna be talking about adulting? today we that's, are that's yeah right <laughs> oh no fun no you're right
1: it's no fun at
0: all <laughs> we thought it was going to be fun when we were kids but yeah
2: well everybody wants to kind of grow up and be an adult when they're young and and so forth and sometimes it's a little more complicated than people think
1: and and no no class in school teaches you how to be an adult
2: that's probably true and and you know my wife and i've kind of figured out most of it along the way. So since I was in this profession, when Allison emerged, she's tried to be more focused on making good decisions as an adult, especially after she got married. We thought it'd be a good idea to talk about some of the challenges that uh, millennials and Gen Z folks that are entering their working careers, um, the challenges they face.
0: All right. Let's get
1: yeah, into so, it. Then. Yeah. yeah, so so first of all, there's more to adulting than just landing that first big job out of college.
2: So <laughs> so true. It 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 just kind of starts the process of of what you have to do. And I, I what I always recommend to young people, and you've heard me tell you this mm-hmm. many times, and that probably took a year or two to in your in. Ca- to sink in in, in your career is to live within your means. And in yeah. your first year or two, you struggled with that a little bit. Yeah. And probably to some extent I enabled you because I kind of bailed, bailed it out, of out. A, a little bit. Yeah. But it is vitally important that you not dig yourself into a hole that you can't work yourself out of very quickly. Um, many people get enamored with their spending capabilities through credit cards and, and credit that's available. And they get excited about toys, cars, houses, or whatever. And they they don't really understand and appreciate the necess- necessity of living within their means. Yeah. Because yeah. digging out of a hole can sometimes take five, 10 times as long as it takes to get into that hole.
1: Yeah. And it's really hard. I think for me, you see all the social media consumerism Correct. happening and and you want the newest and latest and greatest and you feel inadequate if you don't have that you
2: have all these influencers out there yeah. that are talking about all these wonderful uh, things in life and they're teasing you and trying to attract you to the, all these wonderful things which are probably not realistic in a, in a real thing yeah but it makes you feel like you're missing something
1: Oh, for sure.
2: But it's it's very important that you do all these steps, but the key and the foundation is living within your means.
1: I like to say now that I'd rather have FOMO in my retirement years right. than FOMO right now when I'm young.
2: Well, you'd rather have FOMO now than in your retirement years. You just got that backwards, didn't it?
1: Yes, I, mean. I did get it backwards. <laughs> <laughs> You're <laughs> Right. <laughs> I don't want to have FOMO in my retirement year. Correct. I'd rather have FOMO now. On know, our
2: correct. last episode, we talked about yes. you know the kind of lifestyle that your mom and I are able to live mm-hmm. because we were disciplined through the years. Not perfect, but disciplined through that process. Yeah, and so, one of the
1: things y'all always said growing up too was pay yourself
2: first. True. Let's talk about that. True. You know, and and um, you know, that is what we always did was we saved for retirement first. It came out of our, you know, we we tried to maximize our contributions to our retirement plans, and 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 we did that even when it was difficult and cash flow was tighter mm-hmm. and more challenging in our lives. So we also um, tried to manage large purchases well. Uh, if we needed to save for something. We tried to plan in advance for a trip or things of that nature. Did not try to drive the latest, fanciest cars. We're not big into cars, as you yeah. you know. I typically drive a car for about 10 years and don't drive a particularly uh, fancy car. I, I, I drive a yeah. Jeep Jeep Grand Cherokee, and I'll usually, and this is about what, my fifth one. Probably. Over 35 years. Yes, maybe. I
1: learned how to drive a Jeep.
2: Yeah. So it's a nice car and and it's a comfortable car and it has all the features and benefits and it's a relatively safe car, but it's, you know, so many people get, want to drive the more luxurious vehicles, BMWs and, and um, Mercedes and, and things of that nature. And there's opportunities to lease cars and and so forth. I personally like not having a car payment and, and, which for the most of my adult life, I've ne- not had car payments. And so it's, you know, I'm managing those opportunities. Also managing purchasing a house is important because people want to often extend and buy more house than they can really afford. And so that yeah. makes them- House, house
1: rich, rich, cash poor. Yeah. Another saying that I grew up with. to. Correct,
2: correct. And while we lived in a nice house and it was comfortable- it was, even at times, and probably to some extent, we pr- pushed that envelope a little bit. But I think in uh, it's vitally important, I think, for young people to live within their means from the standpoint of the type of house. You obviously want a safe and comfortable and clean place to live and, and everything for your family. But it is important that you not try to fall into that trap of buying more house than you can afford.
1: I remember when Adrian and I were looking at houses, we got pre-approved for a mortgage that was far more expensive than we were comfortable.
2: I remember that. And
1: and that was, it was really uncomfortable and we had to really kind of rein our real estate agent in. And
2: you asked me about that. And, yeah. and I said, well, can you buy a house in in a, in a good neighborhood and, and everything for what you want to spend? And the answer was yes. Yeah. And you're in a nice neighborhood and you're in a great school district. And so it's, um, there as your family's expanding, you're already starting to think about maybe another, another chapter yeah. there. But it's been fine. And you've been in that house, what, four years?
1: Four years. It'll be five in December. Okay.
2: So it's um it's been a very nice house from that perspective and very good. And in the meantime, you've been able to do some other good things with your life to and save mm-hmm. because one of the things that you got thrown a curveball with was an unexpected expense. Yeah. Let's talk about that a little bit, because that was a big curveball.
1: Yeah. So no one is immune to unexpected expenses in adulthood. And Adrian and I had a huge one with our um, infertility and IVF treatments.
2: Right. Um, And roughly, what did that cost?
1: About $40,000.
2: Okay. That's a a big chunk. (laughs) And how much did you borrow to pay for that? Zero. Okay.
1: We were able to pay for all of it. Well, how
2: much did people give you to pay for that? Not much. <laughs> no, well, I mean, I mean, essentially zero. <laughs>
1: essentially zero.
2: Yeah. Yeah. So.
1: I think we had a little bit of help, but not a ton. Nothing right. like life changing.
2: Right. So you didn't put it on credit cards. You didn't do that. You had been saving.
1: We've been saving. Not necessarily for that. No, not for that. But we, we had the, the money and the cash and we were able to fund that goal.
2: Correct. And you'd continued to be driving paid off cars. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Th- during that process. So it allowed you to be able to manage that unexpected cost, not without pain, because that was a, a big expense yeah. that you didn't really sign up for. But but it happened.
1: And there were lots of tears. I know a lot of people who are in that world who take out loans. True. And and, you know, for infertility treatment is not a guarantee. It's a chance. Correct. And that's a really hard thing I can imagine to have to take out a loan or something that's just a chance.
2: But I have come across so many people after you had to go that route that have also gone that route. And it's such a blessing that God has al- allowed that technology to develop. And otherwise, you probably would be childless or short of yeah. an adoption route or something, which can also be expensive. Yeah. Uh, it, and so it is a wonderful blessing. And of course, we have Laura. Laura. My granddaughter, and she is beautiful and fantastic. She's a little over 11 months old, almost. We'll be almost celebrating one, her, yeah. her birthday uh, next month. So that's that's exciting. Speaking of, of children and grandchildren, they're expensive.
1: Yes. Yeah. the The smallest person in our house is the most expensive person in our house. It's amazing how that works. Right. But so, just all the things that babies need. And I could go back to the consumerism thing. Because all these baby products, all their advertising tells you that the more expensive it is, the safer it is. It really tugs at your heartstrings as a first-time parent.
2: Well, you don't want to endanger your child. No.
1: But if it's on the market, it's got to be safe, <laughs> right?
2: That's fine. You would
1: think most things are, at least. So,
2: But what about daycare?
1: Daycare is expensive. Childcare is expensive, no matter what route you do. Or some people choose not to put their children in daycare and they may become a um, one-income family.
2: Correct. Correct. So, so uh, you know, having a child is expensive, but then there's expenses down the road that you have to factor in, such as college expenses mm-hmm. and and so forth. So college can be very expensive, as most of you know, and it's something that you should probably plan for over the life of your child. This is an area that my wife and I did not plan as adequately as I recommend for, for people today. And this is an area where we are helping you and Adrian, yeah. uh with that, because there's uh, various types of savings plans. Probably the most common is a 529 plan, mm-hmm. uh, which is a, a savings plan. It's now can be used for beyond college can also be used for, um, so private school before college, but um, it is, uh, there, you know, there's several different ways to save for college, and some have some tax advantages. So, for instance, the 529 plan, the College Counts 529 plan for Alabama offers a state income tax deduction. Okay. So, that is um, is an opportunity there also, um, but it, you know, children are expensive. I always <laughs> talked about you and your brother. Yeah. Um, I'd I'd be a lot better off financially if y'all weren't around, but not emotionally. Yeah. So it it's they're
1: worth it. It, it but... is worth
2: it, but it is definitely with a cost involved. So beyond the challenges of parenthood and raising a family and and everything. There's some other areas that that adults have to um, to deal with. What are you what's what's next that hits you on your mind trying to be an adult and learn?
1: Well, one of the first things you have all this money, hopefully you're not spending it all. You need to save. Okay. how do you get started saving? What what are your options? Do you invest it? Where do you invest it? That right. that all feels like a big black hole sure. when you're young. So,
2: well, part of it is identifying your goals. Mm-hmm. So often, if you're not a homeowner yet, for example, your initial savings might be for trying to save to improve your your home situation that you'd like to buy a house mm-hmm. or, or something of that nature. So, your goals might be short term, intermediate term, or long term. Intermediate term can be, uh, say, college savings type. Type of things. But it also might be savings to Im- improve um, your household vehicle situation where you yeah. want to, to do that and not just go in and not put any money down to buy a car or, or whatever. So, uh, but then long term, you have retirement savings and what to do. So then you have the challenge of how do you save and manage that? So you have um, your investment opportunities and your goals, and that is determined somewhat by your tolerance for risk. And part of what we do is to help educate clients so that they not only are just investing with us when they need to invest, but it is also investing in a way that they understand Mm -hmm. and they're learning from that process. You know, we've had somewhat volatile markets in the last, Three years, we've had two bear markets. One was a very short-term bear market uh, with, in the early stage of the pandemic with COVID, um, and then we had a more prolonged bear market. Actually, one of the longest bear markets, uh, sustained bear markets in history, primarily through uh, most of twenty twenty-two. It actually started in in the fall of twenty-one, and most bear markets don't last that long. Yeah. So educating clients and helping them to understand the nuances of long-term market history and understanding how to invest and the difference between equities and, and fixed income and alternative investments and things yeah. of that nature and helping them to understand what's appropriate for them to help them achieve their goals within their tolerance for risk is part of the things I enjoy. And I think you're going to yeah. also enjoy because of your teaching background. Part of what our responsibility is, is to educate people so that they understand how their investments are working. Yeah. So uh, I enjoy that part of our our work very much.
1: Yeah, and we get to hold clients' hands as they go along this journey. Right.
2: You know, one thing also that's a little different, I think, with your generation, Allison, than than it was in my generation, is that people change jobs more frequently in this era. Uh, we often, you have been a teacher. You were a teacher for 10 years before you became a financial advisor. Your husband, Adrian, has had two jobs in his His approximately 10-year, not quite 10-year career. Your mom, my wife, Barbara, worked for one company for almost 38 years, her entire career. She had a couple of different roles, but she stayed within the same company. That's virtually unheard of today for people to stay with one company. So with changing jobs, that impacts a lot of things that people need to to do, one of which is managing the retirement
3: plans.
1: Yeah. So most of us will have a retirement plan through our employer. Um, That's one of our buckets that we have for retirement. Right. But when you leave, you need to think about what you're going to do with that money.
2: There's options. You can often leave it there. And there's some advantages to doing that. There's some disadvantages to doing that. Uh, but people that change jobs frequently, and, and it's pretty common in the first 10 years of someone's career that they might change jobs three or four times. Mm-hmm. That used to be really frowned on, but it's not necessarily abnormal in this day and age. You don't want to have little tiny buckets of money necessarily here, there, and everywhere that becomes a little cumbersome and difficult to manage, although that's an option to, to do that. Uh, but it may make sense to consolidate and have things that are under control. Also, your benefits are impacted from, yeah. from that standpoint. Your health care benefits, uh, some cases life insurance benefits and other types of benefits are impacted when you change jobs. So those are things that financial advisors can help advise and guide you on and help you manage. So let's talk a little bit about the long term. Okay. So retirement. retirement. Yeah.
1: Yeah. So like I've kind of mentioned before, there's like kind of three buckets, right? Mm-hmm. So a lot of people will have social security. Mm-hmm. They'll have their personal savings mm-hmm. and they'll have their retirement plan that was
2: through I'll say, say it might be a 401k plan. It might or be 50. a pension or it could <laughs> be both yeah. if, if you're really fortunate, but generally a retirement savings plan through work. Historically, first of all, social security will not replace your your salary your income in retirement yeah social security full retirement age for young people is 67. it's hard to imagine that the government won't change the rules on social security sometime over the next 30 years but for now it's age 67 for full retirement age you can draw social security at age 62 but it's It's reduced and discounted so there is an advantage to working longer from a Social Security standpoint. But if you have adequately prepared through savings, either through your 401k or your personal savings or both, that gives you greater options. Young people, when I talk to young people today, and I talk about young people being anybody under 60, since I'm 66, they are more, they, most are interested in retiring earlier rather than later. I think most people I know that are in their 60s and still working are not necessarily looking forward. Yeah, (laughs) most of them enjoy their work. But to retire early, it absolutely requires savings discipline over the course of the accumulation phase in life so that you can have a distribution phase of life.
1: So you're telling me that time is really your best friend.
2: Well, time is your best friend, but if you want to retire at 60, for example, Mm -hmm. there's you, let's say you start your career at 22 or 23, then you have 35, 37 years to save. Yeah. On that. And your life expectancy at 60, you need to plan for potentially your
1: retirement. Your retirement
2: can last as long as the accumulation phase. So it means there is no time to waste. And if you're not already planning for retirement, you need to have a plan to do that. And every year you delay that shortens that time frame in which to accomplish your goals.
1: Yeah. It's
2: kind of a scary thought.
1: That is a scary thought. So every year you delay just means you have to save more.
2: Absolutely. And it, and it puts more pressure on that. And the numbers just, you just need the numbers to work. So yeah. that's where advanced retirement planning can come into play. And, you know, helping clients to understand what they need to do to achieve at a minimum, replacing your income in yeah. retirement and maybe enhancing your income potentially if you yeah. want to. So that's, that's very important. And again, the longevity in planning, people just don't think about that, but there's the, the chances are your retirement and you need in a, for a couple, it needs to be till the second of that couple dies yeah. is what you plan on. So, you know, two people that are 60 that are likely, at least a likelihood of one of them living past 90 is greater than 50 percent, just actuarially. So it it needs to last a long time. Another area that people need to think about is insurance.
1: That's another black hole. Like, I I just would not even know where to start if I was just graduating from college and getting my first job. Right.
2: Well, one thing that's interesting, there are some companies out there that really tend to focus on calling on young professionals and trying to lure them into sometimes the wrong insurance products and and everything. Your death protection needs for life insurance are the highest when you're youngest, because you need to protect that potential future stream of revenue, even though the likelihood of dying young is, is low. So. It's important that you have the right kind of insurance, and that's something that we can help with in in doing. But analyzing what your needs are first, mm-hmm. and not just presenting a policy that might make benefit or might benefit the salesperson more yeah. than it does you. Uh, so you have have those types of things. You also want to be smart with your property and casualty insurance. If you own a home, you have to have homeowners mm-hmm. insurance. If you have cars, you have to have auto insurance. And making sure you have the right type of coverage and everything there,
1: yeah,
2: is something that you can we can discuss and help with and make sure that you're not overpaying for coverage you don't need or, or undercovering things that you do need to protect yeah. uh, from that standpoint. And then also from a long-term perspective, some people want to have peace of mind of what happens if I require long-term care. Not many people that are your age think about long-term care, but when people get into their 40s and 50s, they start thinking about it, or they may have seen
1: seen a parent
2: or a grandparent uh, go through having to be in assisted living or a nursing home or something of that nature, or or adult daycare. Actually, more long-term care is administered in the home than in any other setting. That's something else to factor into that process lastly i think one thing that people need to do and it's very important particularly once you have children is estate planning and
1: and that's a third really big black hole like what even is that
2: correct well estate planning is is managing your affairs Mm
1: -hmm.
2: after you die so it's having some control of what happens after you die
1: what goes to who
2: well first and foremost For a parent, it's who's going to care for that minor child. What you don't want is the state to tell determine who that's going to be. You can control that by designating a person that you want to raise your children in the very unfortunate, unlikely event something happens to one or both parents. That's vitally important. Uh, But also, it helps control the process of... Distribution of assets. Another thing that I think is important with the state planning documents is the ancillary documents that come. So having durable powers of attorney. So you can, mm-hmm. if something happens to one spouse who can handle the affairs of, of that. Also healthcare, you know, making decisions if you're incapacitated, either permanently or or, yeah. or or temporarily, to make health decisions. You want to be able to have someone you trust with a healthcare proxy. To be able to do that or living will decisions on you know, you occasionally run across things in the news where there's art big fights over somebody wanting to essentially pull the plug necessarily when yeah. somebody is considered brain dead or whatever, and it's and families can be in dispute. Well, you can deal with that on the front end based on expressing your wishes yeah. from that perspective. And so estate documents are very important. And then depending on the complexity of a household. It might also involve trusts and things Mm -hmm. of that nature to be able to control from the grave and and management of assets. For instance, you might want to designate in, let's say you have teenage children and they're showing a little bit of immaturity. You would not necessarily want them to inherit money at 18 years of age or 21 or even 25. Sometimes you might think, I want that child to be 30 before they can really get access to any substantial wealth because they may not have the responsibility of managing that to their best interest yeah so that comes into play so it's a lot
1: that is a lot <laughs> and, and some of it i feel like we're ending kind of on a down note well, talking about wills and
2: yeah well one of the, the things of- i think that we'll do on some future episodes here is maybe dig deeper into some of these subjects and and talk a little bit more on on how to really deal with each one of these areas because life is complex it and is. and it's always dynamic and and the world keeps throwing curveballs at us and and a good financial advisor can help hold your hand, keep you on track and and do that.
1: And navigate
0: life.
2: So that might be a reason to call you.
0: It would be a great reason to call us. <laughs> If people wanted to call and get more information, how would they go about doing that?
1: You can reach me at 205-504-9868.
2: And you can call me at 205-613-4994.
0: Well, thank you both. And thank you for joining us today. Please like, follow and share this podcast with your friends. Until next time, I'm Wendy McConnell. Thank you for listening to the BAMCAM Podcast with Jack Burnett and Allison Castellano from RFG Advisory. Click the follow button to be notified when new episodes become available. Visit our website at rfgadvisorywealth.com slash Burnett, or give us a call at 205-510-9072. And don't forget to click the follow button to be notified when new episodes become available.
3: Content here is for illustrative purposes and general information only. It is not legal, tax, or individualized financial advice, nor is it a recommendation to buy, sell, or hold any specific security or engage in any specific trading strategy. Information here may be provided in part by third-party sources. These sources are generally deemed to be reliable. However, neither our guest nor our FG advisory guarantee the accuracy of third-party sources. The views expressed here are those of our guest. They do not necessarily represent those of RFG Advisory, its employees, or its clients. This commentary should not be regarded as a description of advisory services provided by RFG Advisory or performance returns of any client. The views reflected in the commentary are subject to change at any time without notice. Securities offered by registered representatives of private client services member FINRA SIPC. Advisory services offered by investment advisory representatives of RFG Advisory LLC. RFG Advisory or RFG. A registered investment advisor. Private client services and RFG Advisory are unaffiliated entities. Advisory services are only offered to clients or prospective clients where RFG Advisory and its representatives are properly licensed or exempt from licensure. No advisory services may be rendered by RFG Advisory unless a client agreement is in place. RFG Advisory is an SEC-registered investment advisor. SEC registration does not constitute an endorsement of RFG by the Commission, nor does it indicate that RFG or any associated investment advisory representative has attained a particular level of skill or ability.